0: Thank you, worship team, for that beautiful-sounding worship. It's always great to have a great praise and worship start tonight. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to our sermon for our first week of our new series, Counter Culture. We have Mr. Pastor Gabriel Garcia. Thank you very much, Edward. Thank you, everybody. Take a seat if you can. yeah. I make a joke, and by take a seat, I mean don't take these chairs, There are nice chairs, There are new chairs, so we need these. Yeah, I know, it's not a funny joke, <laughs> but that's the point, that's the point. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all places and faces and planets of origin some of y'all are y'all not from planet earth anybody no no just me all right thank you for coming here today thank you for joining us online for those of us who are watching us on facebook youtube or instagram we know that on instagram you got to turn us sideways but we're still here Oh. Um, so we want to welcome you to our new series counterculture we are here every week wednesday at 7 30 p.m when we open up our doors at 7 30 p.m we know that we don't start until 7 45 live streaming the service but we are here um enjoying conversation uh having a good time before we get start, start started on service this week uh every week and um we know that it's been a weird time, but we are, uh, like Edward said, and like I've said for these past couple of weeks, it is a great to have everybody here uh, to be able to see people in person. Uh, I've definitely missed seeing y'all. So if you see someone that is not here, make sure you tell them on Sunday. Y'all got to come to church on Wednesday. We're back. Power Youth is back. All right. So we're going to get started with the new series this week called Counter Culture. Counter culture we live in a world that the bible tell what well, we live in the world uh, and in a culture right now where the we're taught that the world is our enemy um and that's not exactly what i'm going to be focusing on throughout this series but this series is built on the idea that we are supposed to be living our lives differently than the world around us than the people around us, than our friends, than our family or others that might not believe in Jesus. And that is important to think about because it's real easy to just go with the flow and be a part of the culture that is around us. When you ever have a, think, think about it this way. If you ever have a, like a close friend, a best friend, uh, someone that you spend a lot of time with, what happens over time, you start getting to know the person You start knowing them, you start knowing the way they think, knowing the way they do things, knowing the way they say. But not only that, it's not just getting to know somebody. There's more that happens. And maybe you've experienced it. You start to talk like them. You pick up phrases that they use. You have inside jokes, things that you understand, things that they understand, and you use with other people and people look at you like, what what are you talking about? I don't understand that. It's like, ah, no, no, it's just, it's something, it's something. And you can't really even explain it. You start having, you're picking up habits, doing things that other people do. And I had a friend like that in middle school, and we had every single class together in middle school, every single one, except for one. And even then, he had um, encounters, I'm thinking that's the word, and I had band, third period band in middle school, which is, you didn't really do nothing in that class. You just, sometimes, every once in a while, we would practice, but not. But, so, he would get me out of class, because I'd just be stuck in there, and we'd go and do stuff, and we'd pick up recycling and stuff from the classrooms and things like that, because that's what they did in their class. I don't know, I just wanted to get out of class and wander around the school, but in that grade... We picked up habits about, from each other. Under uh, uh, did things. We did things together. We went to classes, all of our classes together, and everything like that. Slowly but surely, people started to notice that we were at, uh, that we would do things like that and we would act like uh, act like each other. And one of our teachers even called us twins. And we don't look really in, nothing alike, but she would call us the twins all the time, and so. That's what happens, you, you adapt, you pick up things, you start texting like them or using a word here and there. Like over the years, I've started to realize there are some things that I've phased out the, uh, from people that I, habits that I picked up, ways of texting and things that I, I, I used to text uh, the the laugh laughing in Spanish. I don't even know why. I don't speak Spanish that well. But I, uh, yeah, the J, J, ja, ja. <laughs> that's what I used to do. But I picked it up from somebody else that I spent a lot of time with. And eventually I faced it. I was like, I mean, I don't even really talk to that person anymore. Why am I still doing this? But we do that because it's really easy to, to be to, to absorb what is around you. It's real easy to catch on to the culture and just live in what, what's around us. So we're going to read from John, 1 John, sorry, not the book of John, but one of the letters of John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. And John talks a little bit about this. How can we be different from the world around us? How can we live counter-culturally? He says this, the apostle John writes, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever whoever does the will of god lives forever so the idea behind this series is how how are we going to live counter-culturally what does it look like And so john talks about a, a little bit what what is it defined as the culture that we are trying to fight against what is the culture of the world that we are supposed to counter he tells us the, the, the desires of this world are the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of of life so thinking about that we're thinking about actions we're thinking about how people live how people do what they want they desire what they want they get what they want they're prideful they're lusting after things they they're just seeking and wanting and greed and all, you know we talked a little bit about all of that last in our last series but john says these are the things that define us and typically when it comes to being countercultural, the church has often taught that the way you are countercultural is by changing the way you dress changing the way you talk changing the music you listen to changing what you watch on TV what kind of movies do you see and some of these, they're good. It's not that they're bad. And I'm not telling you that you need to change your whole way of doing everything, because there is a good way and a bad way to do that. There is a good way to change how we're doing it, and there's a good motive behind all of that. All, All of that is good and well, but there is more to it. There is a deeper issue at hand, and that's what John is talking about. He says, I'm not, he says, he didn't tell us this is the sin, and this is, is the love of the world. Dressing, revealingly. No. Watching scary movies and rated R movies. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, what, listening to secular music, that, that's, the, that's, that's the problem with the world. No, he didn't say that. He went deeper. He said he went, he went deeper. He says the lust of the flesh, the sinful desires of our flesh. He said, the lust of the eyes, what do you see? What are you wanting? What are you coveting? What are you going after? And the pride of your life, the pride of what you have in yourself and who you are and the things that you have. He says, there are deeper issues at hand. What what the problem is, is not the external stuff, because you could get all the external stuff right and still be living a, a corrupted life. You can get all the outside stuff right, and believe me, I've seen so many people, in, uh, church people in my day, that live on all the outside stuff right. They don't listen to the secular music, they, they don't they don't watch bad movies, they have clean speech, and they never they never let an accidental curse word pass their lips. They dress uh, modestly, they you know they sing, they know the song, they know the songs, they know the lyrics to every single worship more than the worship team. They know like half the Bible, they have like half the Bible memorized. But on the inside, they're full of pride and hate. Because there's more to it than what's on the outside. It's our values, it's our hearts, it is what our love is directed at. Because those people can see we, we can look on the outside many different ways, we can do things many different ways. But if our heart is not pointed in the right direction, then we are loving the things of this world rather than the things of God. Because all those things, they're man-made. Those desires, those rules, those things, God, th- those are made by people. And so I love the way the world does things. It can look good and nice and holy. But what does our heart say? What does our heart say? We have to live by a different set of values, values that is loving our neighbors values that how am i spending my money how am i looking at other people how am i I seeking justice am i praying for my enemies am i living in holiness what does that look like these are the values so let's talk about these these things let's talk about what john is telling us he says first of all he says we have the lust of the flesh or the desire of of the flesh are cravings of the sinful man. The cravings of the sinful man. You know, when it's talking about this, the lust of the flesh, you know, you ever, you ever, if you've ever been through life and you've discovered temptations, you know, a little peer pressure here, a little peer pressure there. Someone tells you that, ah, you know, come on, one time, it's not gonna hurt you. You should do this, you should do that. Why? Because it feels good. Because you should do what makes you happy. The lust of the flesh. It's all about the feeling uh, of the here and the now. What can I get right now that's going to make me happy? What can I get right now that's going to make my, you know, satisfy my senses, satisfy my cravings? And a lot of times we we, we put a lot of that, the lust of the flesh, and we talk about a lot of sexual things and all those kind of things. But there's more than that. There's gluttony. Am I going to eat more than I need to? Because it feels good right now. Ain't going to feel good later when you're on the toilet. Anyway. (laughs) But it feels good. What are we desiring after? What am I going to feel good in this moment? This is the lust of the flesh. Are we seeking after things that will give us instant gratification? Relationships that we shouldn't be in. Doing things that we shouldn't be doing. The second one, he says, "The lust of the eyes." Are we coveting, desiring, being greedy, wanting things that we don't need, we don't want, we we don't need. I mean, we, not that we don't want, because we want them. I want this. I want that. We have a you know whole Christmas list. I got an Amazon wish list. I don't show people <laughs> things that I want. <laughs> things that I want. You know, it's my birthday. If you want, you have any questions? It's my birthday month. You know. I'm uh, just kidding. But we, we think about these things. We, we're craving things. We desire things. The lust of eyes. We, we like to see things. You know, and that's, that's how people are. Think, well, I'm just going to go window shopping. But that's how it starts. <laughs> you just go window shopping, and then you, you know, oops, instant click on Amazon, and I ordered it. It's on my way to my house. I don't know what I'm going to do about that now. What am I going to do? Because it, it starts. It starts with what we see. It's what we take in. The lust of the eyes is, more, it, is all about what we're taking into our lives. What are we seeing that is, uh, they say the eyes or the window to the soul, but it's more than that. What we, what we see can often be what we let into, our, let into our hearts, let into our souls. What are we allowing to take control of our lives? Because it might seem innocent just to look, but it goes deeper than that. It etches something into our soul. And the third one, he says, is pride, pride of life, the pride in your possessions, what you have. We're proud of the things we have, the clothes we have, the job we have, the boyfriend we have, the girlfriend we have. You know those kind of people that they can they can never, like, not talk about them. That's all their social media is about. And then when they break up, everything disappears. You ever seen social media accounts like that? It's just like, boom, Gone like what happened i thought you were in love with pride it's pride it's all about pride because they want to take away the thing that hurt their pride they want to take away the thing that you know they don't want anything to do with anymore but that's what pride is it's it puts ourselves above other people it makes us more important it puffs us up and we think that we deserve things or we think that because we have something we are better than someone else or because of what we believe and what we think and we think that we're better than other people. Politically, religiously, whatever. The, all of these things have driven so many wars and so many kinds of hatred in the world. And you see, all of these things are heart issues. Because we can... You can wear the right things and still think that you're better than somebody else. You can sing the right songs. And you can still lust after every person that your, your, your eye catches. You can still... Do the right things on the outside, but I still have a heart issue. Because what John is telling us, he says, it's not about loving God. It's not just about loving God and loving the world. It's about what what is the motivation and the target of your love. Because there's nothing wrong with love or expressing your emotion. I mean, because we use the word love for everything. It's like I love pizza. I love ice cream. I love wings. You know, we we love a lot of things, you know, you know, I have my favorite pair of shoes or your only pair of shoes. Uh, We have our favorite pair of this. We have favorite of that favorite shirt. You know, I love this because they hold sentimental memories or or, are they special to us that were given to us by a certain someone. Or maybe it was the first thing that we were able to buy with our own money and our own paycheck. And we're like, this was mine. And so this is special to me. And there's nothing wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong with having these kind of affections. But it's when our motivation towards the world, our motivation towards possession, our motivation towards people or thinking or ways of doing things. When that motivation comes from a heart that is corrupted and says it's because I'm better or I'm more or I'm deserving. Then we're still living in the same culture because that's what the world tells us. You should have what you want now because, just because, just because, just because we have to. Why do you think we get so many people, you know, angry in Starbucks because they're late, their order is late by like a minute. Why do we get so upset when the internet page won't load after 0.5 seconds? Why do we get so upset when things don't go our way? Because our hearts are still not in it. Our, our hearts are in the wrong direction. They're, they're, they're in the, they have a bad motivation. The Bible tells us that if our core, the core of what we believe is lust of flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life, then we are not truly loving God. We're loving the world. Because there are so many. The thing about the, the the thing we have to remember is that John, right here, he's not writing to people that are not Christians. He's not writing to people that don't know Jesus. He's writing to the church. And he's telling them, This is what you're getting wrong. The church. The people that are supposed to know Jesus. The people that are supposed to walk counterculturally. But yet he finds them loving the world that they're living in. We're called to be in the world but we're called to be in the world but not of it that's what we're told to do we're supposed to live in this world and it's okay if we look a little like them because you know we're all the children of god and we 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 have things in common and that's okay but if our heart starts to go after the things of this world, the desires that everybody else wants to, if we just start going with the flow and living with the culture like we are actually a part of it when we're not supposed to be, that's when we show that our love for God is not real. He tells us, you can love the world, yes, but that means that the love of God that you say you have, you don't. The love of God you say you have, you don't. And it's crazy that he's saying that because we would think, you know, I just recently saw a TikTok for anybody who grew up on VeggieTales. <laughs> and it's a clip from Bob the Tomato talking about the people of Israel. Anybody seen this TikTok? And he says, he says, I've told you about the people of Israel, right? He's like, oh, yeah, weren't they God's chosen people? Man, they must have they must listen to everything God says. Oh, you would think so, wouldn't you? You would think so. You would think so, but 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 it's easy. Why? Why? Because it's easy not to. It's easy to go after what feels good in the moment. It's easy to go after what makes us feel important, what makes us feel like we have more. Whether it be a job, or a person, or a relationship, or an ideal, or, or, or uh, a way of dressing, or being, or doing. What, any of that. It could look good on the outside, but on our heart. Is our heart in the, wrong, in the wrong place, or in the right place? Jesus said that of the Pharisees. You know, we always talk about Jesus talking about dawn on the Pharisees. Because he looked, he, he realized what, what was really going on. He says, you look good on the outside. He says, but I compare you to whitewashed tombs. And what that was basically in those days is what they would do is tombs in those days were caves. And so to make the tombs look nice, they would paint them. And they would wash them down until the, until the stones and everything looked white. Or they'd paint them over with white paint so it looked nice and clean and pretty. He says, You are whitewashed tombs, beautiful to look at on the outside, but full of dead men's bones on the inside. Because God doesn't look at what's on the outside, He looks at our hearts. So when He asks us, Will you be countercultural? Will you be something different from this world? It means, Will you value the things that I value? Will you value loving people? Loving your neighbor? Right now, there's a lot of temptation. Uh, to to hate someone on the other side of the political spectrum. If any of you have been keeping up with the elections at all. It's really easy and we see it. But he's asking, are you going to love your neighbor instead? Are you going to seek out justice for those who don't have a voice to speak? Are you going to be kind to those who are unkind to you? Kind to those who gossip behind your back and you know they gossip behind your back. Are you going to do that? Are you going to be different? Are you going to be so different? Because the world, the world, this is the base, the the most important thing that I say tonight. The world that we live in looks out for number one, and number one is myself. So to be a church, to be a people, to be a youth group, to be a a, a young person that lives counterculturally is to say, what I'm going to look after is not number one myself. It's going, to be look, it's going to be to look at everyone else. What can I do to serve somebody else? What can I do to love someone else today? And that's what Jesus tells us. He says, I'm about to finish. He says, if, if you want to be known, the people that follow me, how they will be known in this world is be by loving one another. He didn't say because of what political party they support. No. He didn't say because of what songs you sing or what movies you watch. No. He didn't say it's because of how you talk or how you dress. No. He didn't say uh, you're going to be well known by the buildings you build, the services you have, the parties you do, throw, the outreaches you do. No. You're not going to be known by those things. What you're going to be known as is if you love others like I've loved you. If you love others like I've loved you, the people that you don't think deserve love, the people that the world tells you doesn't deserve love, that is countercultural that's what changes people when we step into the lives of other people and say hey i know that the world has labeled you and told you that you're less than or you're a loser or you're this or you're that that you because of how you look because of the color of your skin because of how you talk because of this because of that because of what you wear where you come from i know that the world has told you that but i know a better way And so I'm going to talk to you because you are a child of God. And I want to extend to you the love that he has given to me. The chance that he has given to me. The hope that he has given to me. Will we live in love? Encounter the culture that says it's all about me. Says it's all about me. Would you stand with me this evening? let's pray because this is not an easy task like I said.